from BetQL. Welcome back to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you to continue our NBA Finals conversation. And joining us now to do just that is Kate Constable, part of the BetQL family. You can follow her on Twitter, at Kate Constable. Uh, Kate is a big Def Leppard fan, as you can tell, if you're watching here. So, uh, so fantastic. We will get some Def Leppard references uh, in our conversation uh, to be as welcoming as possible. All right, Kate. So before the start of the finals last night, your favorite bet, according to the graphic uh, on our Twitter handles, your favorite bet was that the Nuggets were going to win this series four games to one. After what we saw from game one, do you feel better or worse about your five-game bet? Honestly, I feel a little worse because I think this could be a a sweep of a series based on how good the Nuggets looked last night. And I say good because obviously, I mean, they were in control of that entire game, but they also didn't even play up to their potential. I mean, they weren't hitting threes. Uh, Jokic was kind of running the show in in that he was facilitating extremely well, but he went into the fourth quarter with six shots uh, through the first three. So imagine if he's actually looking to score more in those first three quarters, and obviously he didn't need to, but there are so many ways that the Nuggets can improve on what they did yesterday that makes me a little worried for the Heat even to be able to steal one in this series. Okay, that's interesting uh, because I, I looked at it as probably being a shorter series. My official prediction was 4-2, but 4-1 I liked as well, and uh, I just didn't like the value on that number. But, see, I think we can make an argument for either side. You can make an argument for Miami, that they're going to make the adjustments. They have the great coach, and all their guys couldn't make a shot. We haven't seen playoff Jimmy, a little extra rest. And then you're right, too. We didn't see Denver's best, and they weren't hitting their shots they weren't hitting their shots at home. So is that going to continue? Are you – I think it's interesting that the point spread is exactly the same, but we do see an adjustment in the total about five points down. Are you more confused after seeing a bit of a sample size of these two teams matching up, or uh, is there some clarity after seeing them on the court last night for the rest of the series moving forward? I'm a little confused because, yeah, to your point, we didn't see Miami's best either. So I think there's some adjustments that Miami can make in terms of not playing an entire small ball lineup to start the game. And I don't know, maybe you go back to Kevin Love and insert him into the lineup just to get a little bit more size in there. Um, I was on the over yesterday thinking that, uh, you know, Scoring-wise in Denver, they've been lethal at home throughout the uh, postseason and putting up just huge numbers. I thought they would have enough to get this over if Miami, you know, made it to like 100, and that clearly wasn't the case. I still kind of think the over is the right play in the next game, but I'm confused as to what to do there because uh, we didn't see, you know, the amount of points that we thought we were, and a lot of that is the shooting for both of those teams. But at the same time, if if, uh, the Nuggets just – allow Bam to get whatever he wants. Like, that's a perfect game plan for Denver. Bam shot 25 shots yesterday. That's his career high. That's exactly what the Nuggets wanted him to do. They wanted to take everything away from the perimeter and the role players and let Bam go to work, and that's what happened. Uh, So I kind of don't know what to think in terms of the total here. Um, I'm still leaning towards the over in this one, but have yet to put anything on it and and still going to kind of wait and mull it over a little while. 
Yeah, I'm with you because it's down like four points from game one. So I think it's yeah. interesting because both teams should be able to make more shots. And then we were talking about the fact that uh, the Heat only had two free throws. I mean, certainly, it d- doesn't it seem like they're going to be more aggressive in this next game and the and these shots will fall? And, of course, like all the Nuggets players could step up in that regard as well. So would you think the over, and maybe this is an overreaction at 214? I kind of think so. I feel that way, Aaron, because Haywood Highsmith was the person to shoot two shot, two free throws in that game. Like, Haywood, what? I didn't even know who he was before the, the postseason and the last series. And like Jimmy Butler has to be attacking the basket more. They have to put more pressure uh, on the rim in, in that sense. And so I think that's going to be the case. I mean, we keep waiting kind of for this playoff Jimmy to show up. And I was flying. To, I'm in Minnesota right now. I flew here last night during the game and I was watching the game. Shout out Southwest for having in-flight uh, live TV. <laughs> but obviously the picture wasn't very clear. Like it's not a great, you know, coming in, um, that Wi-Fi. So I couldn't really tell who Jimmy Butler was on the floor. Everyone kind of just looked like blobs running around. I should have been able to tell who Jimmy Butler was based on him attacking, him getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line, knocking down shots. So that was concerning for me uh, that I wasn't. I think we'll see more of that in game two. They're definitely going to get to the free throw line more than twice. That always, Mm. you know, helps the score to get some shots with the, uh, points with the clock stopped, but I have to believe the role players knocked down some more shots. I mean, what was it? Caleb Martin and um, Max Struess going one for 17. That's probably not going to happen again. So yeah, Aaron, I I think this is a little bit of an overreaction. Um, And I'm, I'm leaning towards the over. Yeah. In this next one. Kate, I know this is shocking, but I'm going to include some numbers in my question for you. So in the conference finals against the Celtics, Miami shot 58.2% from three when shooters were wide open, meaning there were uh, at least six feet between the shooter and the nearest defender. 58.2% is the highest rate we've seen on wide open threes in the last 10 years. But in game one, it was 31.3%. So it went down by nearly 27 percentage points as far as knocking down wide open threes. How much of that do you think is just a byproduct of having a really grueling seven-game series, maybe the altitude in Denver, just those kinds of circumstances for game one, and how much of it is actual regression where Miami may not be able to get back to a good, respectable three-point shooting percentage? I think a little bit of both. I would say probably 50-50 because Miami during the regular season was not a very good three-point shooting team. I mean, they were towards the bottom of the league in three-point percentage. And then you have kind of the nerves of game one. I don't think I took that into account quite enough because you do have players like Caleb Martin who stepped up big time in that Celtics series and then was absent basically from this game. And and I attribute some of that to nerves. Um, Max Struess wide open on so many of those shot attempts and just didn't knock those down. So maybe as the series goes on, that gets he gets a little bit more comfortable in those scenarios. Duncan Robinson is also, as for good as a three-point shooter he is, he's a catch-and-shoot shooter. He cannot have more than like a second or two 
to take a shot. He's going to miss everything. He did it in that Celtics series in game six, did it a couple times yesterday. So I think some of those will start going down a little bit more, but I'm not shocked that the Heat only shot 33% because that's kind of the team that they were throughout the entire regular season. So a little bit of both there, Ed, but I think ultimately we see a little bit higher percentage from them uh, on those open shots and from beyond the arc in game two. And Kate, it's not just us. Everyone's talking about the mysteries for Miami, but also we bring up the mysteries on the Denver side, which makes me believe that game number two, that there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be betting on specific player props overs on made threes. Are there any of these players that we're discussing that had a poor uh, shooting night in game one from the outside that uh, you're going to be taking a look at Sunday night for their uh, player props on made threes? Yeah, uh, I was on Contavious Caldwell Pope to have at least two threes. I had him in a, in a small, fun parlay yesterday, uh, and that did not hit. He only had one. I see him shooting the ball a lot better. He had at least three threes in that Lakers, every game in that Lakers series. And Michael Porter Jr. is another one, two of 11 from deep. He'll likely shoot a little bit better, and I think a lot of the attention will go towards him out on the perimeter in, in really defending him, which would – open up KCP a little bit more and maybe even Bruce Brown, someone like that. Um, so I would look at those three players. I'm also looking at Michael Porter Jr. in this series to have a double-double. I took that yesterday. That was plus 410. It's already moved down to, you know, I don't have that in front of me. Double-double. Uh, I'm not quite sure, but it's already moved down to like three plus 310 or something like that. So Quite a bit. Okay. Uh, he, he had the double-double in multiple games in the Lakers series, too. So that's one uh, I'm going to be looking at quite a bit in this series. Also kind of interesting, Jamal Murray to have a double-double yesterday, 13-1. to He did in game one, and now that's, that's down to plus 550. So that's about wow. split in half for Jamal Murray to have a double-double, which is quite interesting. I'm not sure I'm going to take that in game two, uh, but just kind of interesting to note how these lines are moving from game to game and Watch that throughout the series. I did bet Jamal Murray double double plus five fifty nice. this morning. Just, just because I think like either Jokic is the one. Uh, maybe I'll correlate both. Like if one's shooting, the other's passing, and vice yeah. versa. So I think there's a way to capitalize on that. And they're both, you know, in in the assists and points. Um, what about Aaron Gordon? He's a mismatch, and it seems like they don't have an answer for him. Would you look at any of his props? Maybe PRA, something like that. Possibly. I think if Aaron Gordon, I would go maybe something like rebounds. Um, six rebounds yesterday, 16 points. I mean, he had a he had an awesome game. And, and from the start, I mean, six dunks or layups in the first quarter um, finished with 16 points. But each series we get about one, maybe two, depending on the length of the series, really good Aaron Gordon games. And I think we just got our first one. So I'm not going to bet his points in this next game. I think he's a little bit quieter and the Heat don't allow him to get that type of start because he only finished with seven, no, 10 shot, 10 shots, but six of those in the first quarter. So they kind of shut him down the, the next three quarters. And if they don't allow him to get that type of start, I'm not sure we see those that, you know, volume or 16 mm -hmm. plus points from him. But rebounds is something that I would look at towards for him because he's such a physical presence and he has the size advantage over Jimmy Butler, really whoever he's guarding. So rebounds would be how I would attack Aaron Gordon. 
Speaking of rebounds, when it comes to the finals rebounds leader, Jokic was a massive, massive favorite uh, prior to game one. Now it's uh, a little bit more reasonable at minus 420. Bam Adebayo plus 350. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. 21 to 1 as, as far as what I'm seeing here. What's interesting to me is that I think the last thing the Nuggets want to subject themselves to is having Jokic in foul trouble. And I wonder if that's going to impact his rebound number. And if it does, maybe it doesn't keep him from getting 10 rebounds and continuing this quest to having a triple-double every game. But maybe there are other ways to attack that kind of logic, which means maybe looking at Adebayo as the rebounds leader or maybe someone else. How do you see that? Yeah, I think that's a good that's a good point, Ed. Michael Porter Jr., again, would be someone I would look at for rebounds. 13 rebounds yesterday, at least 10 in, I believe, three of the four games against the Lakers. I mean, he's quietly just, like, stacking up the boards. So I think if you're getting a pretty good price on him, I would take that over, over Jokic because, as we saw yesterday, I mean, 10 rebounds for Jokic, that's great. I had his over 13 and a half thinking that he was going to be all over the boards, and he was more of a facilitator and passing the ball. And if if the Nuggets, you know, hit a couple more shots from outside this next uh, game, I'm not sure he, he gets over that 13 and a half, 14 rebound mark. So if you're getting good value on Michael Porter Jr., he's probably who I would take even over um, Bam. Uh, Kate, we started off the conversation by mentioning that you like the Nuggets in five and you think you're wrong because it might be uh, the Nuggets getting the brooms out. But, I mean, the, the favorite over at BetMGM for the uh, exact series score is Denver 4-1, uh, your pick, at plus 165. Hey. And the second favorite is the sweep. If you're going in blind, let's say you didn't have a bet on this, but you're going to make a wager on the series score um, before game two, what would you pick? Oh, that's so tough because Spolstra has, is going to make some adjustments. You just know he is. He's too good of a coach. Um, I still kind of think that 4-1 to one is probably the most likely outcome. I mean, a sweep is not out of the picture at all, but 4-1, to one, Miami, they're, they've shown that they're too good in this postseason to not steal at least one game. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my original bet of 4-1 to one and keep that. Um, but I, I cannot blame anyone who's taken the Nuggets to sweep at, at four and all. That's, I don't know. I'm so confused by it all. This is such a serious <laughs> My answer's all over the place. It's probably not very helpful at all, and I'm contradicting myself. I realize that. But partially, I don't know what to think. But four to one is what I'm sticking with. Any thoughts on the spread? Same as game one. I kind of feel like Nuggets. I, I was on mm-hmm. Miami. Yeah, I was on Miami plus uh, eight and a half and, you know, just didn't get there. I think the Nuggets, as much as Miami's going to make adjustments, Jokic is just so so hard to slow down, and Miami doesn't have an answer for them. They they really don't. Bam can't defend him. He hasn't been able to in his, his entire career. Uh, so I think this is a Nuggets, another Nuggets win and cover, and we go back to Miami with Denver leading 2-0. Kate Constable, part of the BetQL family, who will be listening to Love Bites upon the conclusion of this segment. Thank you so much, Kate, for your time. Greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we go off the board right here on the BetQL Network.